I really I really like graphic novel memoirs because I'm just like, I don't want to spend 12 hours learning about your life. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Books, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And this is part three of our graphic novel sampling. That's right. If you're tired of our voices, it's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) But today, we're going to get down to gritty details with the adult graphic novel collection. (laughs) Does that mean X-rated? No, it just means... It just means not children or teens. Right. It People always ask us that when we're like, our adult movies are over there. No, no, no. no not no, what no. I meant. Not what I meant. Yeah. I remember the first time I said that, I was just like, mm, hey. I should reword that. Yeah, I to find a different movies way. for grownups, but then yeah. it sounds like I talk to five-year-olds all the time. So. I, I point to the kids and I go, the children's movies are over there. And then I point the other way and go, and everything else is on that side. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we've got some spicier, spookier, and squickier reads today. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Who wants to start off? I think we all have like a nice fun variety. Well, mine is the most depressing, I feel, so we can probably like knock that out real quick. Okay, knock okay. that out real quick. Let's go. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I have fluorescent mud, which again, that midnight it's blue. Same, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Color palette. Uh I liked about the what I liked about this one the most was the art style, their watercolor. Oh. And I was just like, oh, this is so good. I, so immediately I was like, what is this story about? What's going on? And then you read it and it's just like, ooh. Like not, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> not what I thought it was going to like watercolor. It, it is immediately softer to me. So I was like, okay, so maybe this is a more emotional story and it is. So what's going on? They never give the main character's name, which is interesting, but she is leaving town. She's going to college, I believe, or maybe she's just moving away. But she starts out by saying that the second you realize that all these strings and attachments that you have like in your hometown or in this place where you feel the most safe, the second you leave that sometimes that peels away walls over baggage that she hadn't realized were there, right? And so she said she felt more comfortable to be herself when she left. So she gets to this new place and she's meeting all these new people, but then the isolation starts to set in. Mm -hmm. She's surrounded by people, but she doesn't feel like she's connected to any of them. Like she left all those connections behind. So she feels more herself, but she feels more exposed. And then she suffers with like mental health issues, substance abuse issues, alcoholism. And then the, the story is really her journey through that. It's all very abstract. There are certain parts of the story where it's just a disembodied hand or a head. And it's like this beautiful watercolor stripey type of deal. There's this reoccurring theme of skeletons and her really being stripped bare and exposed, but also feeling confined by her predicament. Like if she's at college, she's at college for two semesters, so she can't just leave and go home, you know? I really liked it. It was an emotional ride. It was a very much a, I want to say transcendental, but that's giving it way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I felt so many things. And by the end of it, I was just like, you know? It feels yeah. like a, a graphic novel that your therapist will hand to you like, here. <laughs> Tell me how you feel after you read that. Very much so, very much so. So it looks like a traditional like volume is mm. that a is that the whole i think so i think thing? it's like a one shot like there's there okay. I, the story really much it ends with her kind of like she doesn't go back home like i mean the school year is over so she goes she she has roommates and mm-hmm. so she's like closer to them now she's formed new connections That's good. and she still doesn't feel 100 percent 
but there's hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel very new adult, like kind of like a transitional stage between like teen and yeah. adult I literature. Was the same thing. That felt yeah. very like yeah. 18, 19. I graduated high school. I'm going for the first time. And that's a rough time because it really can be freeing. And the people that you were trying to run away from suddenly are just like, oh, those are the only people that I like really had in my life. But also restricting because usually when a lot of mental illness awakens Mm -hmm. in many uh, young adults is when they have that big transition Mm -hmm. out of high school and they're having those feelings they never had before. Yeah. yeah. So it's really a come of age kind mm-hmm. of thing for adulthood. Yeah. I think new adult has definitely become my vibe lately just because I'm I'm living the experience. I think you're a new adult. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're a new adult, Donna? Uh, I guess I'm like an established <laughs> adult now, whatever. <laughs> but I've lived the experience and it was pretty recent. And having those pictures kind of the pictures in the color palette just kind of fit the vibe and the mood of it all. And it I I love it when you can just take a when you can take a feeling give it an image and be like feast mm-hmm. you know i do really like the watercolor too i think you're right yeah. like for a more emotive text like watercolor is the perfect medium because yeah. it does give you that kind of like blurred lines very like ephemeral like ephemeral, yeah Things yeah feel very fuzzy nothing solid yeah. yeah it's hard to make feelings concrete because you just have the feeling mm-hmm. and you have to find some way to explain that mm-hmm. and watercolor is you know creating a photo or Creating an image, but being okay with those edges being fuzzy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess with adult fiction, I noticed that it's a lot more of those same issues that we talked about before, very much relationships, but there's the added little extra of life now, you know? Mm -hmm. People are dealing with, they have bills to pay, some of them have children, some relationships have gotten really toxic, so now Mm -hmm. they're like more serious like steps need to be taken and adults don't shy away from that adults want that like candid they want it very much front and center and they want to be but i say that but i also feel like we want a little bit of nuance like we don't want anything to be heavy-handed especially as an adult i don't want someone to be like no he's bad pick someone else it's like no let's explore that let's talk about that let's really kind of like analyze this i guess it's more of an analysis as opposed to an exploration if that makes sense i found that there were way more fantasy and sci-fi and mm-hmm. like not realistic things in yeah. the adult section than there were in the teen and juvenile and i was gonna say in some of the uh, memoirs and like you know non-fantasy or sci-fi stuff almost seems a little bit snobby yeah i, I can see how it might come across that way i really i really like graphic novel memoirs because i'm just like i don't want to spend 12 hours learning about your life (laughs) (laughs) i really don't care but if you give me some art i can really get the basics down quick i think they're really good but i think that a lot of adult like graphic novels are kind of like they lean more towards escapism and things and it is a lot newer to do more realistic fiction emotive like internal struggle things that don't have kind of a veneer of like fantasy over them to be like okay yeah it's internal struggles but it's internal struggles with fairies and i think because there are a lot of those issues in the like science fiction and fantasy graphic novels but they are metaphorical and i but i think it's a lot newer to have those like memoirs and things or fluorescent mud like having things that are a little more grounded in reality i agree there's a lot more fantasy and but there's an accountability factor there's always a struggle. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's people always, can die they, oh, and they will sure. and they will yeah. and it is all your fault but the accountability factor of it where they're dealing with real life issues and to me with the adult there's more of a mirror in front of your face mm. it makes you question what's going on with me how am i feeling 
And that's what I noticed. And I don't really read a lot of adult, but the ones that I have read, there's always those struggles of reality. And like, you can really, even though it's a fantasy in some way, you can find where I know someone or that I've had that struggle before. I had that thought. And it's always someone putting a mirror in your face of who you really are. And how do you deal with it? It's interesting to see that even like, or with adult fiction, like even if there's fantasy, you can't avoid the reality. You can't of it. avoid the reality. Like, yeah. like there's no, there's no sidestepping. There's that. no escaping. Yeah. It. As a kid, especially in juvenile fiction, when things were very much just like, I'm going to go stop the evil sorcerers from rising or whatever. But this and I like, did. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, and the, but the sister and their cucumber quest was just like, no, no, no. We want him to rise. Let's see what happens. <laughs> if that, that was, was an adult, adult fiction novel. story, people would have died. Yeah. <laughs> and that would not have been okay. Many, many. Yeah. Would, I mean, like. Many people would have died. She would have been uh, immediately either evil or she would have to have a redemption arc. Yeah. Like You can't just like... Can't come back from that. that you can yeah. be in your She would have PTSD probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> trauma. 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 Yeah. yeah. And the adult one, here's the medication. But like in the kids, you can live in the fantasy. Yeah. The teen, there's reality coming in where you can have fantasy, but you got to come back to real life. Yeah. You know, the, the hidden rooms, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and the adult is, run all you want, but we will find you. We will find <laughs> the you. truth will find you. Yeah. You got to own up to this. It's very intense. And sometimes intense. it feels like that, like, fantasy is almost a vehicle for them to do, like, even weirder things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why, like, we do fantasy so we can have people, like, go through these even more extreme circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Not, like, in a weird, like, voyeuristic, like, gross kind of way, but in, like, a what would people do if this happened mm-hmm. kind of way. More of, like, an experimental, like, yeah, yeah, we know what life is like, but... But what if life was like that, but also wizards? (laughs) What will we do? And there's some really good ones that have come out, like, in the past few decades. It is pretty, like, standard for there to be graphic novels that are not, like, attached to, like, a franchise or something. Whereas I feel like it's a little harder in, like, the teen area. And and, but adult, like, Sandman came out, like... A long time. A bazillion years ago. And that was only tangentially related to DC. And like, not really, let's be honest. Like, theoretically. But, (laughs) and since then, we've gotten like huge numbers of like graphic novel, like series that are just like their own little world, which is fantastic. Speaking of that, we should dive into our novels. Yes, we should. Okay, so who's next? I guess I can go. Okay. So, the ice cream. Ice cream man. Another mm-hmm. Donald recommendation. Oh, Donald must be, so I've actually read that one, too. It must be a kind and joyous. <laughs> oh, don't let the cover deceive you. Um, yeah, it's pastel all right? It's all, it's all beautiful colors. The children look so happy, though. You know, it's so funny, though, when you look at volume one and the ice cream man is just so cheerful and, so the, jolly. and the mm-hmm. kitties look so happy in the background and then volume two listen menacing yep. menacing <laughs> you know and then he's back to jolly on three like hi i'm standing on the skull but don't don't mind me it's, it's cute though colors. it's cute skull <laughs> and then the then the, the next one's like you're puppets you're gruesome gruesome yeah yeah there's bloody people on the front i this <laughs> I guess in my old age, things freak me out more. I don't know what it is. So Ice Cream Man, what I love about this is by W. Maxwell Prince, Martin Mazzaro, and Chris O'Haran, I'm guessing. I love how the colors will deceive you. Mm-hmm. When you're reading it, each chapter is a different story. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. You're not dragging out one long story. Ice Cream Man is constant, but the people in each chapter is different. 
and the first volume you're realizing he's preying on a certain town a certain city and the lickety split ice cream man you know mm-hmm. when you think about as your childhood you know i'm i'm an older person so you hear the little music playing he's coming outside you're gonna get some ice cream it's a happy time you know you just want to get your favorite ice cream and that's what's going on it's a happy time but clearly it's not right <laughs> because he zero ins on a particular person, a particular customer. And I don't know how he figures it out. And you fall, and all of a sudden they're following this person. And, you know, there's a spider in the first story. The poisonous spider is killing people. And what I love about it is each story is different. And he preys on your weakness or whatever it may be. The first story is a little boy, his parents. Clearly he's been in his house living alone, taking care of himself for like 10 days or three weeks. His parents are dead. A spider, his pet spider kills them. Not intentionally, whatever. And he's just living in the house by himself. And your first encounter with him is you're thinking, ice cream man, what's going on? He's giving the kid ice cream, but the kid walks away and he's just going through spider facts in his head, which is really cool. He gets home, there's an awful smell. He's like delusional his parents are dead. They won't leave the kitchen. I don't know. I guess they want to be in the kitchen all day. Kid, they're dead. They're like skeletons in the kitchen. And you, you see this ice cream man now in the woods, looks like some kind of werewolf thing. Anyway, each story is different. You have a, a drug head whose boyfriend's clearly overdosing and she's trying to like, oh, okay, I'm going to go take care of you. I'm going to do these things. And she steals his truck. He finds her. She He makes her OD, but not intentionally. You all do it to yourself. And then what I like about it is it's all, like we're saying before, it's all real life situations. Yeah. The kid with the dead parents don't know how real that could be, but we've all read stories where things happen and a person's in the home with a dead body for a very long time. So you can play that back. Then you have the couple who meets in rehab. They're codependent on each other. One person is, they start doing things illegally just to get that high. And they don't want to do it because they're a slave to their addiction. He plays on that. And then the next one where I guess it's the guy who wants to leave his wife. You know what I mean? And... Chris, the friends, the friend passes away and he's, his wife oh, is pregnant. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and he has all this type of, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Didn't really love that story too much, <laughs> too much. But um, <laughs> what I like about it is it plays into real life struggles, addiction. A family man who all of a sudden now you have a new family coming, I don't want to be here. And then other stories. And then at the end, you're realizing this person's terrorizing the world, the city, the town. And then his his person comes in like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I know what you're doing here. Oh, oh. So like there's an accountability of this evil thing that's taking over probably Rogue. I haven't gotten too far into the other books. Rogue being, and then you have like his person come through saying, what are you doing? What's going on? I know what you're doing to this town. And like in volume two, you realize this person's now kind of clean up what he's doing. Because the volume two starts where this man's jumping from the, jumping from the building. Yeah, I'm just going to jump and... Every floor, oh, passing floor 67, let me confess some things that I've done. I'm like, what the hell is happening? But I loved it. It's freaky. (laughs) It's deceiving with the color scheme. And there's one story of Napoleon, the Napoleon icing story, where there's three scenarios with this one man. He finds a dog. He finds love. And then he gets attacked or gets kidnapped. It's really interesting. It's really He's good like, story. He's like, what's happening? It's no? a really good story. I yeah. really, really like the Ice Cream Man mm-hmm. just because like- I will finish all of them though. Thank you. 
it's a to use an SAT word it's a juxtaposition right mm -hmm. you get these you get these really bright colors and you have the premise of the ice cream man and like you said you have these like nostalgic feelings you have an idea of who he's supposed to be and then you realize that when you peel away the veneer of like the colors and the smile everything gets real dark and something about that it's just like it's something about like being presented in the setting of this omniscient being who is it, it's like the forces of good and evil right you know mm -hmm. you have this one guy who represents the the shadow self the self that we like to hide away the self that, the self that we try to cover up with ice cream and sprinkles and whatnot and then you have like the force of good who is a little bit more truthful like very much recognizing the darkness around you but also like you know there's hope beyond that you know and when you said you, when you got to the part when the actual like the other agent of good actually came in mm -hmm. what i liked about his color palette was that like he's dark colored all he's black. like a cowboy dressed in all black mm -hmm. and he has a little more of an imposing face mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like the truth hurts and lies feel good you know and it's like those two those two things like together the entire premise is great this series Mm, so good and for me it was like yeah so you have the you see the ice cream man and as an adult ice cream man i went straight to what is he going to do to people mm -hmm. you know what's what's happening i read spawn is that one that <laughs> ice cream man that was killing right and yeah. that, and exactly so i'm like what is he doing where are we going mm -hmm. i had very mr mercedes in my mind what's happening because you take nostalgic peaceful characters in your life clowns ice cream man certain things and they change it to evil which take away the smile what's really going on behind closed doors mm -hmm. and that's what it was for me it's like he's giving you what you want what do you want okay just vanilla well just for you like the guy who was a musician who was like had a one-hit wonder oh yeah bless his heart sitting in the <laughs> in the diner just and like what you need let me give you this it's like you're not really helping mm -hmm. You're just spinning them up higher and higher and higher. And it just, there's no resolution to it. It's just the reality is in your face. And it makes you wonder, what's my breaking point? What's going on? Who's going to be my ice cream person to hand me ice cream? And then all of a sudden, the reality of the world is in my face. It was like an indictment of mid-20th century America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, mm, everything's all shiny and beautiful. But is it really, though? No, it's not. And I like I like the way he's illustrated because he mm -hmm. really does look like the all-American, like, Oh, yeah, 1950s. white shirt, black tie, white yep. hat. He's yeah. got, like, the blonde hair, blue eyes, like a little mm -hmm. dimple. And it's one of those things where... We have this like false narrative, mm -hmm. probably because of like honestly fairy tales, that people who look like normal or pretty or like whatever can't be bad. Look at them. They look so nice. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we also have a weird, like resounding false narrative about the good old days. And I feel yes. like that encapsulates that really no, well. No, yeah, yeah. It's that's very layered. That's one of the reasons that I like it. Because the ice cream man, especially the way he's dressed, it is not like a normal ice cream man. It is a 1950s. Yes. What's up, bud? Yeah. <laughs> you want some ice cream today? Look I know you like your... freaky. I'm sorry. That is some freaky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that's... That's important, especially because a lot of people who are nostalgic about those times are the people who probably wouldn't have been victimized by this man. Exactly. They weren't they weren't children, they weren't like drug addicts, they weren't, you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. they they would have been like, What a nice ice cream man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So guys <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> so heavy. So Do you wanna go next? Sure. Yeah. So I used this 
recording as an excuse to go back and read a book that I kept putting off because everybody has talked about Saga and is like, oh my gosh, you should read this book. It's so good. It got resounding great reviews in Publishers mm-hmm. Weekly and a bunch of other like review publications. It was also a webcomic that mm-hmm. was published and has since gone wild. I think they're on episode or volume 10 or 11 now at this point. Oh, wow. And it's consistently getting really good reviews. I've only read the first volume because I have commitment issues. That's fine. But <laughs> the first volume is excellent. It lives up to the reviews. I just am one of those stubborn people that when everybody's saying, oh, my gosh, you should read this, I kind of don't. So <laughs> Fair. No, yeah. <laughs> but I realized it would be good for me, and I don't regret it. Anyway, the main character's name is Hazel, and she is born in the second panel of this story. And because this is Saga, you're following different people from this family as they grow up and get older and stuff. This one, you're only following Hazel and her parents up until they escape the planet of Cleve. So let me give you guys a little bit of backstory. I had to relook up the names of the two main characters because honestly, it's so action-packed, I couldn't remember. You've got Alana, who is a Landfallian. She kind of looks like a fairy. Apparently, the men can fly. The women are intentionally, like, their wings are damaged through some sort of ceremony as, like, a coming-of-age thing when they're older. So, the Landfallians and then they're called the Moonies. I can't remember which planet they're from. Have been at war culturally for so long that they forgot why they're even at war. Marco, Alana's husband, is a Moonie. So he kind of looks like a horned man. All of them kind of look a little bit more animalistic. They have different abilities. Like I said, the Landfallians and the Moonies have been at war for centuries. And Marco was a prisoner of war on Cleve. Alana was supposed to guard him. But apparently within 12 hours, she fell in love with him and helped him escape. Oh, that's then, so realistic. Yeah, and then they got married and... I mean, he's pretty attractive, so... He is pretty <laughs> The horns do it for you. It huh? is hilarious because you're basically following them trying to escape the planet of Cleve with a newborn, and you're following two other people hired by the opposing sides to try to eliminate this small family because I guess this is an unholy union. They don't want everybody else to know that, you know... You can get along. Yeah, that you can get along <laughs> and that it's possible to, you know, marry and have children together and stuff. So, anyway... You're following those three sets of individuals. The Landfallians are ruled by robot people that have television heads. So <laughs> Prince Robot the Fourth is one of the people sent on the pursuit of Alana and Marco. Is mm. his name Prince Robot it the is. Fourth? It is. And That's what's amazing. really fascinating <laughs> about the Prince Robot specifically, he has, like I said, a television head, but it's always blank unless he's feeling something really intensely. So mm-hmm. then you'll just see a flash in that panel of some sort of image that's metaphorical about something that he's thinking about, even though he doesn't reveal it. So there is no wasted panel in this story. It's really short compared to the others that I'm reviewing. It reminds me of really good poetry because every line of dialogue, every panel that you see is extremely impactful. You can't zone out while you're experiencing this story Mm. at all, or you're going to miss a whole bunch of important details. It is beautiful. It kind of relies a lot on fairy tales and stuff but honestly it's like a sci-fi fantasy hybrid so Mm -hmm. if you like either of those two you're going to find something to enjoy in this story check that out i've all that's i've had the same problem with you and that saga is one of those ones that everyone wants me to read and i'm like i know it's probably amazing and groundbreaking but i don't want to read it now (laughs) (laughs) i also love that uh, prince robot when he's given kind of like the dossier of alana and marco alana is described as kind of a slut and i'm guessing it's because she fell for marco so quickly and like helped him escape and whatever they were like weird (laughs) so it's interesting to see how different 
players in this story are portrayed. portrayed yeah. yeah, especially to the other characters in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because one of the trails that Prince Robot picks up is a romance novel that apparently she reads over and over again, and <laughs> he starts reading it and gets kind of into it. But that's how he starts figuring out how to chase her, mm. <laughs> following her romance novel clues. Mm-hmm. I love that his name is Prince Robot. Is like I'm sorry, Prince Robot the Fourth. Prince Robot, Robot. Yes, exactly. was his great great grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting. Yeah, that oh, does man. seem like a very like fun addition. I like I like when things are graphic and also silly. Like they show the whole range of of human emotion <laughs> and experience. <laughs> and I've really enjoyed Alana and Marco's relationship. It's not perfect. They definitely have their squabbles. Marco has sworn to never use his sword again. It's a big deal for him. He really has renounced the war altogether. And he's kind of mad at Alana because she brings a weapon, but she's basically like one of us has to defend us. Like, yeah. We're on a war-torn yeah. planet, and we're trying to get out. Uh, we have a child now, and our yeah. child cannot use a sword. So. <laughs> In the we first like five panels, they are attacked by somebody who tries to give up their position while she's giving birth. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, this moves at a clip. So. Yeah. Whew. Gosh. The final, I guess, series. They're not all series, but I did also bring a series called The Wicked and the Divine, and... It is a series that I came across just as most things happen on the internet. <laughs> and I was really interested because it the way it was framed was as this like fantasy kind of like darker but very like pop culture influenced series and they've just they finished so if you are one of those people who doesn't like to start something until it's over uh it's over so i relate to that really hard (laughs) you are not in danger of running into a series that goes on for a hundred issues or one that never gets finished like it's done but it the art style is beautiful and all of the main like characters they are gods reincarnated it happens every 60 years and all of these characters are designed after popular stars so you'll have people whose image is like directly influenced by the person that they are tr- they are supposed to be representing I think the one that's most obvious was was Prince. Prince, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they are all they're all gods of something, so they all have like some sort of power, and they just know that every sixty years they're born, and then they die. Gosh, twenty five years. years. Once they, once they get their powers. Yeah, once they get their powers. So they grow up as a normal person, yeah. and then at a certain age or a certain time, they are just like. Whew, just I, I made some sound effects on, on a, a sound effect and a hand mooted on a podcast <laughs> they are imbued with whatever power and they get the knowledge of who they are like what their god entity is and they become that person um they perform for people it is like a calling to them like they feel like they need to give back and the more people that like love them the better they feel like it's this weird like relationship where people feel not always joy they feel something when they watch the first son and that person also gets power from it but they know that in two years that they're going to die no matter what and that's always been that way so it's kind of this like live fast die young (laughs) lifestyle that you're watching these people live And it's this combination of them still being people, like, they still have the normal problems of a person, and they're just, like, living as much as they can, and just kind of assuming that the two-year thing, like, won't happen, even though they know it will. 
Like, it's it's in history. This has always happened. So they have, like, a guardian who's, like, bringing them through all of this and tries to find people once they've been, like, brought to life as their new, like, godly selves. But it's just really interesting. I love how it uses like pop culture as kind of like this is religious experience for a lot of people because they have followers and then i'm not talking like they follow them on social media people who it is a religious experience for them to watch these performers but also the idea that these performers some of them are not great people some of them are great people but the fact that they will like pass away very young like that's the downside of the profession not profession (laughs) that's the metaphor talking it's the downside of how much they give to the people is almost that like it is a light that burns very hot but very shortly Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting it starts kind of as that metaphor and then it goes deeper into like the relationships of these people and like their powers and what that means they have different gods every time so they have to kind of figure out what god you are like (laughs) if you don't know they have to kind of be like try to do some magic (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what you can do and you are following the main character and i don't think i can tell you what she is because i think that's a kind of a it's a secret secret in the beginning but she is kind of the fish out of water so you get that experience of like someone who just recently got their powers and is walking through this with and i just say there's some characters in there who are really great and i'm really sad that not all of them make it it's sad to watch them burn out it's you sad know? because a lot of them are just really like nice people <laughs> they, they never use their power will they still burn out yeah like once you become the it's a yeah, it, yeah. it's a, like you said it's a calling like you feel the need to inspire and oh. you need adoring fans like you survive off of their adoration and it fuels you yeah but like it's like a star you're just like Phew. It's very weird because you're still yourself. Like, these people can still remember their lives before. They still are those people. But there's also kind of this superimposed, like, godhood, like, craving drive to do certain things, like, over that. So if you were a certain way before, there's going to be this extra layer on top of who you are that kind of drives you to like it compels you to continue this so the story runs for i think it's nine volumes in total but the eighth volume is a flashback volume where (laughs) you get the previous people from the 60 years before Mm. and you get to see what happens to them but it's really interesting there is a very good mystery that develops at first it's just experience all the characters then a nice mystery develops and it's it's really cool especially if you if you're here for art style if you're if you like pop culture if you like the kind of metaphor that this is presenting and the fun fun lifestyle it will give you if you want to look at these people and be like which one is this based off of there's a rihanna in there yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i love like so when the gods pop up again and you realize you know they're taking they're becoming performers Mm -hmm. you see the performers who they would actually be like in real life so you saw rihanna you saw prince you saw kanye west oh how cool so 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 rihanna was uh the egyptian god yes like war or something yes and she had this like very cat-like demeanor every time she was on a panel like very loungy like very like on the edge of like she could either just be your best friend or just like <laughs> scratch you up real good <laughs> and it was it was just really great how they both embodied like kind of the feel of these like real world pop stars but also the feel of whatever god they were supposed to be who was the the party one uh dionysus but i don't know who his i don't know who is his prop culture no. he was great dionysus could hold parties inside his head like almost yeah so people would come to his concert quote unquote and he would create this internal party space and they would just be like poured it in their consciousnesses that's crazy and they could party forever until they (laughs) wanted to leave and then they'd go back to their normal bodies 
and it was very it was very cool and he was just a very nice person he was just oh. so happy he just wanted people to he be just happy wanted and people to be happy <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so it's it's very nice there's a lot of tragedy though obviously with a bunch of people who can only live for two years <laughs> once they once they get their their powers but yeah i definitely recommend it especially if you are a fan of like fun poppy like i'm not gonna say poppy art style because it's not a pop art style but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all of our graphic novels. We've we've touched on everything, guys. That was heavy. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. you have enjoyed our deep dive into our various graphic novel collections. Yeah. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. <laughs>